Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Friends, podcasters, countrymen and women, welcome to this week's Easter special edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Like the first cuckoo of spring, a harbinger of the freshest newborn chat from the world of tech. This is your weekly homily, bringing you deep truths from the editors of PC Advisor, Techworld, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every week we huddle up in our audio smarties pouch, gathering inside a disappointing chocolate shell, chatting the hell out of it in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech talk on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. So do like us, follow us and download our wares. You can hear us thanks to our sponsor, Audio-Technica, the rock upon which we build this church of chat. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am thrilled to be joined in conversation by Sizzling Scott Carey, online editor of techworld.com. Hello. Hot Henry Burrell, staff writer of PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. And Diddy David Price, acting editor of Macworld UK. All right. This week we will be up to our knees in Apple chat, drowning in bits of the BBC and deep in the mire with Blackberry. It is going to be mega, and I never use that word lightly. So limber up those lug holes, listener, and away we go. David. Ah, good, do, 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 what has Apple done this week? (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to do my bit all in time now? No, no, you can just talk. Good, Apple has... um... Uh, you know, you know what? I I miss the days when Apple had the capacity to surprise me, because uh, it no longer has. That's what I'm sad to tell you. Such a note of sadness. I know. It? I, well, it's well, it's Easter, isn't it? It's a time yeah. of sadness and rebirth. Um, <laughs> uh, you remember last week? Me and Lewis talked about Apple. Basically, if you uh, play back last week's podcast, you would effectively have what happened. Okay. Because we 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 called it. We got pretty much everything right. You so didn't. let's presume that not everybody heard that. All right. We got a small phone. Yeah, so we, like, like we said, we got um, a new, more powerful 4-inch iPhone SE. We've got a new, more powerful 9.7-inch iPad. We got the, we got the name wrong on that one. It's called the iPad Pro rather than the iPad Air. Um, we've got uh, iOS 9.3. We've got new Apple Watch bands. and Nylon. 
Oh, we didn't know that. That's true. That came as a surprise. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, and we also said that there'd be mention of the new Apple headquarters, and they even said that. So it was it was weird. It's like we'd got the script in advance, and we got access to it, and we just knew everything. But that's almost intentional, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's a whole history now of several years of, of whether you call them leaks or you know, speculation that all adds to this kind of marketing push for Apple. I mean, it makes news. Yeah. I, well, they, yeah, they seem to have had a different change of a change of approach. There was a time when they would keep everything absolutely locked down. And I genuinely think that if anything did emerge, it was against their, uh, their wishes. Um, and, and that, and that works in its own way that creates the hype. And I think what we're seeing now is a sort of hangover of that where people think, Wow, you know, we've heard something about the iPhone SE. This is the hugest um, scandal in the world. Well, actually, yeah, you're right. I think they are quite happy for everybody to know everything in advance. Um, and it does seem to generate its own news cycle. I don't know how long they can sustain that because it was, it was kind of, it felt disappointing. Yeah, I'm not sure it's anything to do with the press around it so much as the fact that they actually haven't released anything distinctly new for such a long time. So people can predict, I think, with a little bit more certainty whether they're going to size up or size down existing products, whereas we mm. used to be shocked by a new product, um, the iPhone, the iPad, etc. Yeah. yeah, it's true. To be fair, they kept the uh, the mad recycling robot under lock and key. <laughs> That's true. Well, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because we were, we were all covering this live, and um, we were all hugely frustrated because at the start of the event, they were spending ages on uh, yeah the, the recycling with Liam... The robot that could apparently disassemble an iPhone. Um, one at a time, obviously. One, one at a time. Um, and there was... Um, Environment chat and then yeah. FBI chat as well. And then health chat. It was all very Yeah, all political. the care kit stuff. And, yeah. and it was ages before they actually got onto the product. Um, and in retrospect, it feels a little bit like they didn't have very much to say. And they were trying to sort of kill time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> which, but they've always built to the to the crescendo. I mean, they they, they invented this whole launch, which everyone does now. We forget yeah. that. Yeah. But you know, this is this whole idea of the the hour long event, which ends hopefully on a high, is an Apple invention. I like how the only thing we were surprised by was a different band for the Apple Watch. And nylon. somewhere, somewhere <laughs> no. Steve Wozniak is weeping. Would yeah, that Steve we... Wozniak's always unhappy. <laughs> but he's weeping at that. <laughs> would that we live so long to see a time when nylon was considered like... I mean, this is, you know, it was the it was the material of the future in the 60s. And then... All your clothes are fashionable again now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm giving off sparks all over the place. Yeah. So this, this, this small iPhone SE, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want one. Okay, because, for starters, I want because one. I loved the square-edged iPhones, and it's gone back to that. Yeah. And also, I like the smaller iPhones. I have got no interest in the phablet mm. sort of bit large screen. I prefer it just to be in my pocket and to be like a small. And I, me and David share small hands, so you know, tiny hands. Henry, we've not actually seen your hands so far. Tiny, well, tiny. Man. Yes, <laughs> small hands. He's got Trump hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Well, I think the I think the, I think the SE. I know. I think the SE <laughs> is um, a very good product, a very sensible product, a very appealing product, but it's not a very exciting product. Yeah. So we have to fair. we have to sort of um, uh, compartmentalise the way we feel about it as journalists who who want scandal and we want uh, you know excitement and hype. But as a as a person on the street, you're thinking I've got an iPhone 5s 
I like the four inch um, yeah. uh, screen and I want something more powerful and it and it fulfills everything we were asking of it. It's, well, it, it's yeah. better than like when they did the 5C, which was essentially the previous year's products packaged up. Yeah. You know, this, well, yeah. this, this actually feels like, you know, I, I'm... I'm an Android guy, but it does feel like I could recommend to an iPhone consumer this is a good product to buy. Yeah, uh, which is and perhaps what the the slight ennui we're feeling is to do with the fact that you know we are at what our engineer Chris Martin refers to as peak smartphone that there isn't yeah. actually that much more. Yeah, to yeah they, they were trying to like sex up a business decision, weren't they? Because yeah. the new one's got the same processing power as the uh, 6s which is the current model as well so by putting the same basically the same phone on the market at two different price points they're going to sort of you know recapture what's become a slightly stagnated market maybe well it's not quite the 6s this is the interesting thing is that they've 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 managed to sell it the headline they want people to take away is it's a 6s in a 5s body but it hasn't got 3d touch um I'm looking down at my notes now and it hasn't (laughs) um what I'm really upset about it hasn't got second generation uh, touch id because I used to have a 5S and I've sort of, you forget, you very quickly forget how frustrating it is because it's really slow uh, and a lot of the time it doesn't work. The second gen Touch ID on the 6S and the 6S Plus, uh, and I think on the 6 as well, is is really, really good, really fast, instant. In mm. fact, you find that you can't actually go to the lock screen. You, you just touch the home screen and yeah. it's opened. So they haven't got that either. Uh, and it hasn't got the barometer. Barometer? And... What the hell is what? what? Oh, no. Worst Whoever decision uses... ever. The barometer—it's like the compass. I just never got these things. I mean, use well, applications of all the, the yeah, all yeah. the other applications use it. You wouldn't specifically open. In fact, I don't think you can open the barometer. But right, it, it informs. I won't. I won't really pour information about what the weather might do over the next couple of days. We're going to say things like it looks changeable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and the front-facing camera is uh, 1.2 megapixels instead of five megapixels. So there, there are some um, some shortfalls. It's it's interesting and. Um, I still think it's great. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a compromised version of mm. the success. I do the kind of find it strange that it is basically a throwback to a phone I had and loved with you know a lot of these new features, but then at the same price point, pretty much as my existing phone. Yeah. So um, although I still want one, I can <laughs> see why some people might be frustrated by that. Yeah. The, well, the physical design. Yes. Yeah identical mm. to the 5s which is what three years old two and a half years old i quite like that though because in the past apple as with other as with other manufacturers but more successfully perhaps has always changed some things so that the early adopters can flash their yeah. phones on the yeah. train and you know that like they bring in a white color and everyone get excited about it. and the reality was that was just so that people could say hey look i'm an early adopter there's something sensible to me about a device that's uh, iteratively upgraded but doesn't look different yeah well, talking about early adopters leads on quite nicely to the iPad Pro, where I think <laughs> the, the early adopters got really burned. Yeah, yeah. Is everybody with me on that? I mean, absolutely. Well, they got really burned anyway because it was a device that was called a Pro that was essentially a little bit faster than the previous iPad. It was very yeah. and a big, bigger display. Well, that was, yeah, that was the weird thing because we we got the impression that Pro meant big, and now we realise it doesn't. It means fast. it means surface worries us basically. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, but the, you know, the tw- the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro came out uh, what six months ago, and yeah, the early adopters, the loyalists, trooped in and bought it. And then six months later, they've got the iPad Pro nine point seven inch, which has a better screen. It's got this thing, True Tone display, which um, I mean, I've not tried it yet, but it says it adapts the colours right. to the the light 
that's around you. So it's sort of in different lights, it, it displays slightly differently. So it's more true to the colours that you're supposed to be displaying. Um, and it's available in a slightly wider range of storage options. So you get the 256 gigabyte option, which you do also now get for the 12.9 inch, but you didn't at the time. So there will be some people who bought the, tw- the 128 uh, yeah. 12.9 inch. Oh, these numbers. Uh, iPad Pro. <laughs> uh, and they'll be, they'll be that's thinking, next to Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely 128. Uh, but yeah, they didn't have the opportunity. And then you're thinking, well, what, what do I get out of being yeah. loyal to the company? And, and Apple rinsed. trades on it. They got rinsed. Yeah. They got absolutely rinsed. Where, where do we think the iPad is now? I mean, I don't mean your personal iPad. I'm sure you know what it is. But the iPad as a product. It's in, it's in a bit of purgatory, isn't it? <sighs> Because yeah. now they've got this size iPad, which, uh, as we rightly point out, has better capabilities than its bigger brother, and bigger was supposedly better. You've now got the iPad Air 2 sitting in the same lineup, which is the same size. And But, I mean, if you want to get the, the technically better product, it's not too much more now, is it, than the iPad Air 2? No. The new Pro. Um, I would still recommend the iPad Air 2 to a lot of people. Yes. Because I don't... I think, I think the iPad's... Um, I mean, this is what we've been talking about. How much better can they get? They, they've advanced to the point where they're more powerful than they need to be because yeah. the vast majority of apps on the App Store obviously will want people to be able to play them. So they don't they don't generally go, well, here's something that only the iPad Pro can run. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think most people need the iPad Pro's power. It will mm-hmm. last for longer. That, that's the main thing. It will yeah. take longer before it gets slow. I might be able to get away with that by not updating but, my iOS. But functionally... Is, is there stuff you can do with it that you can't do with the other iPads? Well, it's got um, it's got the Apple Pencil um, compatibility, so it's it's yeah, it's materially better for designers. So wait, so we do need a a, a pencil now? <laughs> <laughs> Not a um, pound pencil. <laughs> well, it was yeah. I think I think um, Apple has been slightly unfairly maligned uh, on that one because they were talking about. When St- when Steve Jobs said you don't need a, a stylus, and if they have a stylus, you know they've blown the interface. Yeah. He he was slightly differently talking about. I think he was talking about smaller screens, and I think how... he was, wasn't he specifically talking about Windows tablets that at the time. Or wasn't he ran... talking about an iPhone? He wasn't even talking about a tablet. Oh really? Yeah. I, I think he might be yeah, sort of like Blackberries and stuff that had yeah. styluses, and it's because they couldn't make the interface work. All right, I can't um, get you on that one. What about when Apple trolled all poor people? <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I know what you mean now. So this is when um, Apple referred, was it Phil Schiller, wasn't it? He said that um, a lot of people have five-year-old PCs yeah. and that this is sad. Uh, and and this, this has caused a lot of consternation yeah. in the IDG offices because <laughs> clearly, well, number one, clearly it's a good thing if people have five-year-old PCs and they're still working because that's... That's a sign that they're good machines and they don't need to be replaced every year, which is something so one of the do. big problems for Microsoft with Windows is that one of the reasons people can't be persuaded to upgrade is because they don't need to. Mm. It's actually a success story that's kind of biting them on the backside. Like you talk about with Lego. Exactly. It lasts too well. Yeah, which is why. So Lego, thank you, David. Yeah. Lego makes all its <laughs> Lego segue. Well, no, but it makes all its a money. Legway. <laughs> a Legway. Yeah, very, very good. He's on fire today. Uh, Lego makes all its money from licensing deals with Star Wars and people like that because the, the core product is so good, it lasts for two or three generations. So you don't need to go, but you could get, you know, my grandmother's house. We had Lego when I was a kid. I can give that to my daughter. Not yet, because she'll eat it <laughs> when she's ready and it will be fine. Uh, do you know Lego is also the world's largest manufacturer of tyres? <laughs> 
I did know that because I told you, you always say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so no, so, so you're absolutely right. The 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 Lego effect uh, is true of of Windows. So Apple said it was sad that people had five year old PCs because presumably. The unsad thing to do is to buy a new product every yeah, year. It's terrible, and they, and and they had the gall to do this. You know what? Fifteen minutes after lecturing us about the environment, and they're saying, "Well, yeah. actually, what you should be doing is buying, um, you know, iPads made with loads of tin from Indonesia every year." Yeah, and that's great for the environment, of course. You know, it, it's sort of sickening that they would do that. <laughs> and what also jars is that it's an event in which they didn't even mention their own laptop products, uh, one of yeah, which yeah. has not had a redesign for six years. Because isn't the Mac Air um, still the same design, if not the same innards, as the original version? Yeah, it, well, it's, yeah it's overdue yeah. for uh, a redesign. Yeah, <clears throat> well, this, yeah, this is one other thing that you we we wouldn't get a point for this for last week's podcast because we sat right on the fence and we said maybe there'll be maybe new backs or maybe not. Um, but nothing, nothing on that front. We we still think there'll be some soon. So does this this actually suggests or potentially adds more evidence to the idea that there will be a slightly more radical redesign of the MacBook. Yeah, I think they will. Slightly later. Yeah, like Henry says, it physically it's been the same for a long, long time. He, he also used the word innards, which I really like. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. we can we start using gizzards potentially <laughs> as well? I like internals. Entrails. Yeah. There's okay. lots of good ones. Good. Alright, well I think we've um Or three... IOS IOS uh nine point three. Oh yeah, yeah. Um so I downloaded it straight away because yeah. I, I do that. Yep. Um, and the, the only feature that I've noticed in any way is Night Shift. Night Shift is great. Night Shift is so oh, good. I love Night it. Shift. <laughs> and it does sound like the next Marvel film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Night Shift uh, makes the colours warmer, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so you set it, and do you do you have it set to sunrise and sunset, or do you... I it have it manually? set from, like, 10pm to 7am, so any time I read something late or early, it's a little okay. bit warmer basically when I'm asleep. <laughs> Sunrise. Different nice <laughs> This is a very musical podcast. I just realised that, that that was not an endorsement of Rolf Harris in any way. Good. Good to know. We can edit that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, where the hell did Night Shift come from is what I want to know. Because it's I... just this small, weird little feature that just yeah. that they were giving quite large, which again might be a sort of sad indictment of them not having much to say, that Night Shift got a lot of press. I think, But I think it is quite important remember this is only so this is only uh a point three update to ios so yeah. generally there wouldn't be anything Fair. significant it would be just bugs and stuff like that um and and this is you know this is significant and, and it fits in with the sort of health sort of stuff they've yeah. been talking yeah. about a lot lately because it's supposed well, to also apple, apple at its best is it's very subtle things that enhance user experience yeah which is i guess what we're talking about there isn't it i think it yeah. is interesting that there are feature updates in a point upgrade because the, because of the way that Apple's software now goes into beta. So you know that if it makes it into the final code, uh, the feedback's been positive. So yeah. people like using it. So, yeah. Which we do. We do. Have you, have you tried uh, locking a note yet? No, I don't, I've sort of looked into it and then realised that I had to go into my settings. Sounds like terrible no, backstreet no, no, sexual. No, 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 you just, um, <laughs> I did one this morning. <laughs> tried locking a note. <laughs> That doesn't sound like anything. Any drug, kind of drug speak. What, no. mate? <laughs> Try locking a note. <laughs> Doing it in that voice doesn't turn it into drug yeah, talk. If you turn anything into that voice, it sounds like drug. Why, mate? Recording a podcast. <laughs> oh, that one doesn't live to life. Uh, no, you don't have to get settings. You just um, I just couldn't work it out then. 
No, you. Oh, I did one this morning. I think you just go into uh, into the note and then uh, tap the share icon. Oh, okay. And it will offer you the opportunity to lock it. Is that share? S H A R E or the singer share? <laughs> You're not going to sing. Do I believe in life after love now? And then no. if I click um, and lock it, yes. does it have two options? Lock it and lock it to make sure the FBI can't have it. <laughs> yeah. They can't get your shopping list. Double lock. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah, my, my shopping nice list is yeah. what I, is what I use my notes for. Remember it's milk. Quite <laughs> not intuitive enough, Scotland. Good. So we uh, have thoroughly uh, digested Apple's. Easter Uprising. And uh, so the question I would like to ask everybody is if you've got your apple in front of you, is the stock pointing up or is the stock pointing downwards? David Price. Oh, I bet this is so... You can't reduce it to one word. Yes, I can. Stock up, stock down. (laughs) Can it point both upwards and downwards? Why not? Because, like I said, the products are good. They're just not exciting to me as a journalist. But I think for the buyers, great. Great stuff. Stock up and down. (laughs) Both. It's a mutant. Scott Carey. Uh up. No, I, I up. want I want an SE, um and the fact that they've made me desire a product that I already have is probably a good thing for them. So well done. Henry Burrell. Uh I've picked the stalk off. Wow. I'm gonna keep my current <laughs> apple. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> well My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On that bombshell, we'll take a short break and we're back in just two seconds. Henry, welcome to the pod. You bring us news of yet another nail in Blackberry's coffin. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, um, this one stood out for me. I mean, it's debatably, given the week we just had with with Apple, a smaller story, but I still think it brings up larger uh, issues about how tech has gone over the past decade. So Facebook has, well, probably tried to do it quietly, but dropped support for uh, Blackberry's latest operating system, which means if you're a Blackberry user and you want to use Facebook, you now have to go through the web browser 
uh, to access it. Yeah. I believe that's correct. And also the uh, Facebook-owned WhatsApp recently did this as well. So there was there's quite a lot of pickup on the story. Um, it, but, I mean, at the same time, it's also dropping support for older Android. I mean, I don't think anybody uses Android 2.1 and 2.2 anymore, but they will no longer support that. Mm. And it no longer supports Windows 7.1 use of Facebook as well. Um, but, I mean, I kind of wanted to open it up to you guys. I know Matt's uh, the resident BlackBerry fan. Um, so do we think this is something that's going to make a big, a big deal or were BlackBerry at the stage where they've released the, the Priv, which uses Android? Yeah. Should they have done that a long time ago and would it have helped? Or Interesting it... questions. I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that in the case of Facebook, it's only relatively recently that there was a Facebook app for BlackBerry mm. for a long time. Even even I think in BlackBerry 10, there was uh, an inverted commas app. I'm doing the inverted commas sign just in case the readers can't see that. <laughs> uh, but but it was actually just a, um, a link to the web page, right. essentially. The same for YouTube and various other things. So in that sense, it isn't a huge story, although the fact that it's moving backwards tells its own story. And then I suppose with WhatsApp, again, the only thing I'd slightly counter that with is face uh, blackberry's own messenger app is hugely prevalent on blackberry yeah. although of course if you're on bbm you still what we you want to be able to message your people who aren't on blackberry um but yeah it's i mean i think the interesting thing for blackberry is is what happens now because the funny thing about blackberry is that the products are, are good the phones are good <laughs> uh, and you know in terms of brand recognition after apple and arguably even before samsung blackberry still has that name, if not cachet, um, but clearly, as a, in my view, as a, a OEM, as a manufacturer of handsets, it's over. Mm. That game's over. And the Priv is a brilliant phone. The Priv is the phone that my wife uses, uh, and she loves it. It's the best phone she's ever had, in her words. But it costs seven hundred quid. <laughs> no one's going to buy a BlackBerry for seven hundred quid. Um, the Blackberries themselves, the most recent ones that they've had that have come out on BlackBerry, again, great. They do exactly what a BlackBerry is supposed to do. But they can't compete in terms of multimedia um, or some of the more creative aspects of either Android or iPhone, and they can't compete on price. So as a as a OEM, I think BlackBerry is game over, and this is just kind of another, albeit relatively significant, nail in that particular coffin. What's interesting about BlackBerry is the underlying technology, which is what makes the products great, is great. And if you want secure um, email messaging. Uh, certainly from a business perspective, from an enterprise perspective, BlackBerry's underlying technology you know, is the best still. And I don't understand why a Google or a Microsoft hasn't bought BlackBerry yet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because like, from an enterprise perspective, if um, they can supply, you know, well, maybe not like how they used to but, uh, 10 years ago, but if they're supplying fleets of these things to businesses, perhaps it'll be that the business doesn't want you to have Facebook on your phone anyway. Yeah. So... From that perspective, they th- might not lose I out. I think the problem, because I think two or three years ago, people like me, who clearly know nothing, were confidently predicting that someone like Microsoft would buy BlackBerry for exactly that reason. But Windows Phone. <laughs> well, yeah, so they've got Windows Phone, but BlackBerry could easily be part of Windows Phone. You, you could use the technology, um, but Windows Phone has got good enough at that stuff that if you wanted to run a fleet of handsets, you might as well go for Windows Phone. And it's better at the Android iOS stuff as mm. well. But also, we as users don't want to be dictated to by the company as to what phone we've got. So trivial to get our email onto our uh, devices anyway, or whatever we're using, Slack, Messenger app. Um, And 
it's impossible for even the sort of largest enterprise to really control access, or at least that you physically bring your device into work. So that kind of model of we're going to buy 100,000 Blackberries and give them out to all our employees is kind of over, I think. Mm. Any strong feelings about Blackberry from the rest of the room? Sadness. Sadness. Um, and I can't really, I can't really put my finger on why because I've never owned, possibly never used a BlackBerry. That is a strange emotion to feel. <laughs> no, what? Maybe I, there's just an overwhelming sense of sadness in the room. I think there, there might be an element of that. <laughs> but I remember there was that. Um, have you all seen the song that the BlackBerry guys recorded? Oh, yeah. For. Um, <laughs> I think it was for some sort of company away day or something. So it was only ever supposed oh, no. to be seen internally. But it was really good, actually. And they'd, um, they'd done a version of REO Speedwagon's... What's the song called? Keep On Loving You? Or I'm Going To Keep On oh, yeah. Loving You? I'm gonna keep on <laughs> loving you. And it was, actually, it was actually even better than that. That's how good it was. Even better than that? It was even better than that. And they got a guitarist and everything. And, and it was they like, got guitarists and, and the, everything. And the people that were singing, I think they were all, I think they were all like vice presidents or whatever of the company. So it was like, oh, look, the boss is up there singing a song. Yeah. But they changed the words. So it was all about uh, app developers. So that we're going to keep on loving you. And the new SDK is really cool. And like really embarrassing stuff like that. And, and, and I watched that and it made me feel so sad because <laughs> it, it was really obviously, it was their developers, developers, developers moment. It was the moment yeah. when they realised slightly too late that this is a game that is not won yeah. by having the best technology and the best handsets. It's won by just getting all the app developers on board. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they were the ultimate biggest victims of, of Apple's iPhone not being a faster horse, if you know what I mean, of the complete reimagining of the smartphone. Because, it, you know, we forget. You watch watch any episode of The West Wing, right? The coolest thing about all of them is that they've all got Blackberries. And mm. that was, you know, that's it. it was locked down. If you were someone who was connected and had your finger on the pulse, you had a Blackberry. And iPhone just killed it because, yeah, exactly what you're saying. The, 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 the software support wasn't there for Blackberry and they couldn't react quickly enough because it just, it just came out of the blue and... And, and destroyed them. Mm. And that is the root of your sadness. That bit was a really nice preview for Henry, who hasn't attended an IDG karaoke night yet. Yes. And, and this is basically what you get. Yeah. These two <laughs> singing songs that I've never heard of. And we have a lengthy chat beforehand where we yeah, talk about Blackberry. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's uh, quickly uh, skirt around the room then. Uh, Blackberry, doomed or set to boom. David Price. Doomed. Scott Carey. Yeah, it's just another nail in the coffin. Henry, can you think of anything different to say? No. Anything that rhymes to doomed, that would be good, wouldn't it? Doomed, set to boom. Loomed? Internet of looms. We're going back to the looms. Uh, Returning to its mother's womb. (laughs) Sean Coombs. Elephant in the room. I think we've probably covered Blackberry. (laughs) (laughs) Doomed, set to boom, in the tomb. I think we're all saying in the tomb. Yeah. In the tomb. Good. Okay. If you're still with us, well done. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a couple of seconds and we'll be back shortly. Scott Carey. <laughs> I believe that children are our future. And so it seems do this at BBC. The BBC has been giving stuff away this week. Hey, what's going on with my licence fee? That was my first ever musical intro. It was quite a special yeah. moment, actually. Um, Get used to it. I'm enjoying it. Um, yes, so the BBC are rolling out um, a new product for uh, to help children get into coding, um, which this isn't the first time because uh, Raspberry Pi have been sort of trying to um, help 
children code for a little while now um, but this is an even simpler uh, basically microcomputer that will just allow for inputting of code and a few sort of bits and bobs to help them see what how that works basically whereas raspberry pi has a visual interface it, it runs on linux it's actually got an operating system right um and this is really stripping it back and trying to make coding cool and this is going out to every school yeah so it's it's every um child between uh, i think um years 11 and 13 but i never went to uh, a school with years so it might be ages 11 to 13 I think, yeah i think it's year six and seven there you go so yeah. ages 11 and 12 yes, what does that even mean yeah see i don't know what that we means did, i went to school it was years three to five and then six form yeah same yeah first form in my school first form second form third, and then it sort of melded into third year fourth year fifth year so it transpires that we maybe didn't learn anything at school about numbers <laughs> Good. Okay. Well, this is the thing about this. I mean, I didn't realise I was supposed to know how to code. And is this because yeah, uh, there's a shortage of people now? We've kind of had the first couple of generations of people who have built these amazing things for us, and we all use them, and we haven't bothered to learn how it works. Well, I worry about that slightly. So, for instance, if I'm, as I'm, I am occasionally tangentially involved in recruiting developers here at International Data Group, uh, and developers right now are right at the peak of the job market because it is as you say a rare skill but we've seen this happen before what what is happening slowly but surely is that apis come in and graphical user user interfaces come in and the ability to do pure coding becomes less important still absolutely important but less important in the same way as you know you, you don't you no longer need someone who can typeset in order to create a printed page for instance um, that will take a long time, but it, but that is the way it goes. But I think what's interesting about something like the BBC Microbit, Raspberry Pi, even Minecraft, actually, which all kids use, is it gets them in that mindset of um, writing a series of statements and questions and then seeing how that renders um, somewhere else. Yeah, and I, I was I was over at Google Campus earlier in the week and I was talking to Sarah Drinkwater, who's the head over there, and they've started a new programme this week um, trying to get young people into entrepreneurship. Yeah. and to teach young people what an earth entrepreneurship is because they did a survey and about 75% of kids, um, well, not kids, teenagers, uh, young adults, said that they have no interest in sort of starting their own business. They would rather um, have the security of working um, for an established business, which I thought sure. was quite sad. Um, and when I spoke to her, she said, um, we don't want everyone out of here going out thinking that they're going to be the new Mark Zuckerberg or even yeah. just setting up their own business. But that all of the ideas and the skills that it teaches in terms of problem solving yeah. and sort of that um, innovative mindset get up and go attitude yeah. will help and i feel the same way about this bbc micro bit yeah it's not actually teaching code that matters but it's giving that sort of technological uh element to their education which as me and henry just said not like we had like, computer science when we were at school was embarrassing it was yeah. like here's a computer have a little play mm. it was nothing to do with how it works on the back end it was nothing to do with the technology or the science or the engineering behind it and i think that sort of stem set uh that stem uh element to the education process is really important yeah, because I, digital will be um, a growing part of everyone's lives. I, I think there's a sort of lost generation in the middle that you and I hesitate, to, <laughs> <laughs> I hesitate to say on the same generation as you Scott because you're very young but um, you got computer science back in the sort of 70s and 80s and it was taught as a sort of messy open-ended um, sort of like an academic subject where you're learning about this stuff in a very general way 
And then you get to the 90s, I think, and it becomes vocational. And yeah. it becomes, here's how to use Office software. And that's problematic, isn't it? It is. And, and I think what they're trying to do is, what I really like about the micro bit, is it's the opposite of yeah. an iPhone. It, it's it's open, yeah. and it's cheap, and it, you don't have to worry about well, it's like giving, it. It's like giving, you've got young children, same as me, David, it's like giving your child a piece of paper and a crayon. Yeah, exactly. Rather exactly. than saying, colour in this picture. Mm. And I think I think your point's absolutely right. So uh, computer education, I'm way broader the same age. There was no computer education at my school. I didn't use a computer until I was at university, and that was my roommate's really? computer. Yeah. And uh, post-university, I didn't own a computer until I was in my mid-20s, where, at the time when I was the editor of PC Advisor, somewhat <laughs> <laughs> worryingly. Um, and But I suppose we see Scott on the enterprise side of, of our publishing businesses we see lots of CIOs or heads of IT who have worked a long time to get to the top of a business and understand specifically how to do tech but the tech moves on mm-hmm. and they're the worst people actually to then make the decision it takes really if you meet a CIO who's transforming a business they're extraordinary people because they're at the top of a big company and they're also transforming the way that company works rather than doing the thing that's got them to the top in the first place. Yeah, and if you listen to them speak enough, they use all the same metaphors. It's, you know, um, jump off a cliff and build the plane while you're falling. Yeah. It, it's all the old sort of cliches, but they do, they, because there's so much Some to of them do, do, and they have to just get on and do it. And we all know CIOs who aren't doing that, and their businesses are really troubled. And the reality is that the pace of change gets quicker and quicker and quicker. So I, I also agree, I think this is a brilliant thing, because I think, and I also think it's brilliant that kids play with Minecraft and stuff like that, because... What they're not learning, and if you look at children, they're not bothered about the proprietary software or interface or whatever. They're not learning a thing. They're learning concepts. And we do need the world, not just this country, but we do need a workforce that are of people who try and work out how to do stuff rather than learning how to use things. Mm. Um, so I think it's a really cool move by the BBC. Have you seen the um, the Mirror's take on this? Oh, yes. Generation of hackers. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> what? They, they've said... They, they've, they're, I mean... I, I, so I, this I is the, even, the Daily Mirror. Uh, the uh, Daily Mirror. A, news, a national newspaper. In yes, the, United the newspaper my granddad used to read. Um, it's, it, they, yeah, they, they're saying that what this is going to result in is more hackers being you know, on, on the licence payer's dime. Um, Unbelievable. But, you know, which is... Such a logical fail that it's it's almost hard to dismantle it. It's the fact that it actually comes from the tech desk of that paper as well, <laughs> yeah. and the, the the comprehensive misunderstanding. Well, they, they, yeah, they, it's a, it's a willful misunderstanding. Yeah, yes, they, it's they've a been told, to sell papers. They've been told to find the controversy where there yeah. is none. But the idea that we should um, that we should not teach skills because we're scared that they'll be misused. It's like you know, would you not teach chemistry in case they make bombs? You yeah, know, it's it's farcical. Yeah, the, the the fact that Nick Leeson committed fraud was not because he knew about manipulating numbers it's because he had no moral compass yeah. and and we, in, yeah, in we my need school we did actually have a chemistry lesson where the teacher made mustard gas and honestly our school was closed for two days and he was an mp <laughs> subsequently I won't can tell we have you, the name i won't tell you his name he was a liberal no. democrat mp they the can probably find that out and yeah he made mustard gas our school games i think we still got the video from bbc look north uh, <laughs> just to bring it back to bbc sounds like great pr yeah we loved it it was brilliant <laughs> Got two days off. Did you see the um, guidelines as well for um, checking if your child or teenager is a hacker? <laughs> and it was. Um, Do you I'm, have lots of bitcoins? In I, I really want to get this right. It was: Are they um, 
are they locking themselves in their room and playing on their computer too much? Mm. Are they on their phone They're too much? Hacking. Are they sur- are they <laughs> something that sounds like hacking? <laughs> are they surly and uncommunicative? And I was like, that's every <laughs> that's teenager teenagers. ever. Yeah. Do they look edgy yeah. when you mention talk? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, but that, uh, it's a bit of a tangent, but that is an interesting thing about um, media as well, actually, because all of our national newspapers are almost uniquely British thing. Most most countries have big city newspapers, but regardless, they're all run by people who've worked their way up through a print industry. Uh, or, and it's the same with TV companies as well. And they're massively challenged by the fact that, you know, that that, that story is written, uh, as ridiculous as it is, it's written for people of a certain demographic who don't understand. And they're older people because young people don't read newspapers. They don't buy newspapers and read them. Um and, you know, again, they, they, all the national newspapers are going to, I mean, not remotely will all of them survive um, because they're not adapting to... Well, one's already gone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. we just lost yeah. one, didn't we? Yeah. And The Guardian this week announced, was it 200? It was 100 journalists. 100 journalists. And everyone else is going to take a huge break out. Yeah. And that and the week when they were hosting their Future of Media Summit, which I thought was mildly ironic. Um, so, yeah, there is this whole thing, which, again, is why... Um, as much as it's a PR effort by the BBC, it is a really cool thing to do because it's allowing children to explore and learn without dictating to them the technology that they're going to be using. Because by the time they enter the workforce, everything will look different all over again. There's something interesting to be said about diversity, I think. because And this is maybe not the best position to be talking about it with uh, five <laughs> white men sitting around a microphone. <laughs> But the fact that both the tech industry and the media industry, the the two industries I know, have huge problems with diversity. Um, And, you know, you've just said you didn't use a computer until you were at university. My first experience with a computer was a BBC Micro, which my dad brought home because he was a teacher. This is the sort of thing that would allow people that wouldn't otherwise have the opportunities to learn about technology and get into these industries. Very true. And I think that's only to be applauded. Agreed. Excellent. Well, rather than have a round of applause, we'll just have a quick round of the room. BBC Microbits. Futuristic Gift of Truth or Get With a Programme, Daddy-O? Gift of Truth. Scott Carey. Yeah, Gift of Truth. Henry. It's a, it's a, it's a round three. Sorry you had to go last every time, but that's unfortunate. That's all right. Puts the pressure on you to think of something funny, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a diverse room and not a diverse set of answers to any of the questions. Mm. <laughs> Note to self. More diversity required. Well, thanks for listening, listener. You're great. Do get in touch with us to let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash. You can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at IDG UK. And do not forget to follow, like and download this podcast wherever you find it. We'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech, courtesy of our good friends Audio Technica. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Don't hack. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. 
Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 